Springfield! How many of you are in horrible pain? Yes! Then put your souls together for Brother Bert! Satan ate my short! I was a sinner, a real bad kid. What thou shalt not, I shouted. Time to fight Razzle with Dazzle. Mike, Michael, roll, roll, roll the boat. Is he killing that guitar, Daddy? Yes, son. My glasses make me look like a geek. Now you'll get the girls you see. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four-Figure Discount. This week, we are here to review episode BABF06. It is Faith Off. I am Dando. I am Guy. Very nice to be here. Very nice to be talking all things faith healing and uh, tent preaching, among other things. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not that's not the only thing in this episode. I thought it was a, it was going to be all but healing people or not healing people, as the case may be. And it turned out to sort of be a bit of a fifty-fifty. Fifty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Homer was going to be the sort of the B plot. Yeah, yeah. And they kept coming back to him, and I'm like, wait a minute. I think this is. <laughs> I think they're divvying this up quite evenly. Yeah, and then yeah. it all sort of then it all came together quite nicely in the end. I'm just going to say this episode wins me right off the bat with a parody of Face Off. Indeed. Yeah, look, a, a very good title. One one might think that the, um, the the patrons coming up with new titles with this episode had their work cut out for them. I'll tell you what, we actually had some really good alternates that we will get to when we discuss that. Ooh, but, uh, looking forward yeah, to but, it. Uh, but, yeah, anytime you can um, yeah, pay tribute or take the piss out of uh, Face Off, by all means do so. Yeah. I just want to start this episode off, by the way. I know you're aware, Guy, that I'm dedicating this episode to my nan, Marlene, who uh, looks like is not going to see the day out. She's, um, yeah, she's, listeners will be well aware, I've mentioned time and time again, that she's currently going through her fourth fight against cancer. So she had uh, lung cancer, she had to get lung removed, she had liver cancer, she had gallbladder cancer, and now she's got cancer in the stomach, and it's finally just caught up to her. Um, nan was a massive supporter of of me just in general just everything I do in life and um shit okay here we go so she uh she encouraged my love of the Simpsons and um shit sorry dude no man and um wholly understandable yeah and uh yeah she was always a big supporter of this podcast and I know she wouldn't want me to not do this show because she's not well so dedicated to my nan I know she would be listening from wherever she is Love and respect to Marlene. Alrighty, so what did you like about this episode, Mr. Davis? Because besides the title, I think this was a, a, a lot of fun, to be completely honest. I thought Faith Off was, it's just, it's silly, it's wacky, but I, I mean, Don Cheadle as as uh, Brother Faith was excellent. I'm almost inclined to say he was my favourite part of it. I mean, there were lots of parts of this where I just surprised myself with how much I was chuckling. It's like, oh, that was a pretty good joke, actually. I mean, I know that sounds like a, you know, a, a cheap thing to say or a sort of a damning with faint praise, but it's like, that was pretty good, <laughs> but and, and and of course, all, always a pleasure to uh, to hear Joe Mantegna as Fat Tony. Listeners yes. will know I'm very big on Fat Tony, very big on our friend Joe. So yeah, <laughs> it's funny whenever I see Fat Tony now, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Don Cheadle's. Wow, that's a good angle. It was. <laughs> um, what? I think my favorite line of his was, correct me if I'm incorrect. <laughs> that he, he really sold that whole, um, yeah, the whole uh, uh, big tent preacher kind of deal. Oh, I yeah. mean, I've never actually seen any of these guys in the flesh. I mean, I've seen a bit of footage of some of them. And uh, look, it certainly looks like they put on a show. I mean, there's there's a, <laughs> a maybe a derogatory nickname for for uh, revivalist preachers like this. Some people call them sky grifters. I just remember that they were the guys that were on TV when I'd wake up too early before Rage started. They were all over the TV, like early, early in the morning. <laughs> One guy with the awesome name Creflo A. Dollar. He may have been Creflo A. Dollar Jr. I'm not sure, but he was one of those guys. And um, But I mean, I think the ones you had on TV on a Sunday morning doing their service, I mean, I think they were fairly subdued compared to you know, what inspired um, uh, Don Cheadle's character in this episode, or even the more sort of uh, elaborate or extravagant examples you hear about. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd actually love to go to, you know, to one of these, like a real old school one, uh, you know, like in an actual tent as opposed... I mean, this came out, this this episode actually, I don't want to step on your toes, Dana, but this aired on the 16th of January 2000. Yeah. Um, And... Look, there were already sort of mega churches in the US and probably elsewhere in the world by this stage. But, you know, with the uh, the rise of things like Hillsong and things like that, um, you know, mega churches seem to have really taken off in the last, I'd say, decade, maybe decade and a half, or they seem to have gained a lot more momentum. Um, and this kind of anticipated that, I think. I, it's funny because like Bart builds this massive, you know, church thing going for himself. In like a matter of days, if not, no, just one day. But I, f- I didn't remember his story fizzling out so quickly. Like he just decided, oh yeah, I can't heal people anymore. And like, like he managed to get the entire town to come to his show. And that was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, look, I, I think we've all sort of determined by watching The Simpsons that, you know, look, Bart's a, he's a rascal. Um, but, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not a terrible person. He's not an evil person or anything like that. So I think, you know, when he... When he realised that, um, oh, look, a lot of people are believing that I can do stuff that I can't actually do and people are going to get hurt. People are going to walk into traffic or mistake, you know, trucks for dogs. Yeah, um, yeah. I, sh- I should probably pull the pin on this one. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It sort of, uh, it did not, not fizzle out, but sort of, yeah, come to a, come to a halt yeah, relatively quickly. And saying that, though, it did give us the Testify song. And I think... That's got to be up there with one of the better Simpsons songs for a long time. It's it's really really good. It reminds me almost it, it, of like the monorail song. It it look it's it's good and catchy and it uh, gets the information across and uh, look it's something that makes me very happy. It's got a bit of glavin in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I got a, was that a cramp in my glavin or something? <laughs> yes, yeah, and followed up with a hey, just a very brief one which I liked. But we're getting back to John Cheadle just quickly. He's another one of those forgotten guest appearances. I mean, you pe- people talk about you know the best guest appearances of all time. They tend to forget the ones from season ten onwards. And what well, we have mm-hmm. Mel Gibson this season was another great one. Like people just forget about how good. Like I actually, to be completely honest, did not know that Don Cheadle was in this episode until I did this review. And I was listening to it. Likewise. I'm going, wait a minute, that's fucking Cheadle. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I went and reviewed. I'm like, yeah, it is. But like, I all this time I never realised. Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of, he's not early in his career at this stage, but I mean, he's he's, he's certainly on the rise. I think... He's not know, Cheadle, No, <laughs> no, not yet. I mean, um, to the best of my recollection, I mean, Cheadle said it was really on the rise from the late 90s onwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can make a bit of a quick movie recommendation, uh, there's a great film noir starring Denzel Washington from 1997 called Devil in a Blue Dress. In all honesty, they should have made like 10 of these movies with Denzel's character. Um, there's actually like, there's a bunch of novels. Uh, who's the, He's this African-American private eye in Los Angeles in, I think, the 40s. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's late 40s, early 50s. Um, and Don Cheadle's in it. And it was, one, it was one of the first roles that I saw him in. And maybe one of the first roles a lot of people saw him in. After that, everyone was like, who's this guy? He plays this kid. Uh, well, not this kid. He plays this character named Mouse who's Denzel's kind of offsider. He's trigger happy. He's just not insane, but he's, you know, sort of insanely violent. The, the line that sums him up, 
he shot some guy. Denzel's kind of angry about it. He goes, Why'd you live with me if you didn't want him, if you didn't want him shot? <laughs> it's just um, <laughs> it's just a it's a really great line. And every yeah, after that, I think that's what kind of um, set Don Cheadle on an upward path. Uh, but I mean, this is this this is of course this is pre War Machine. This is pre Ocean's Eleven and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Has, has he ever been like a leading man, Cheadle? Because I know he had that movie Talk to Me, but has he ever been a, a proper leading man? Not really, I don't think. I mean, um, yeah, I think he's one of those guys who's kind of in a bit of a middle ground. You, you, it's hard to take your eyes off him when he's on screen, particularly when he's get, yeah when he's got a really good character. But he's a good bridesmaid. He, yeah, he doesn't have quite enough presence or stature or whatever to. Um, yeah, to uh, really be a movie star. I mean, yeah, like you're right. Yeah, right. He's um, um, top line movies like uh, like uh, Talk to Me and other things like that. But uh, yeah, I I think he's just a really really good supporting player. And you know, of course, he's had um, he's had TV shows where he's had the lead as well. I think that, um, yeah. it's called House of Lies. I think that he was the um, he was the star of, and that ran for like five or five or four or five seasons. So yeah, he, no, he but he's ter- he's terrific in this. Hey, my favorite. What is your favourite moment from the episode? Oh, look, probably his whole um, his whole spiel as uh, okay. as as the preacher. I mean, I, I, it was a uh, he's not he's not in it for long. It's probably about what three or four minutes. Yeah, at, at most. Yeah, my favourite part was yeah. when he tries to get Lisa and she just gives him the look. He's like, I okay. did love that. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, they were sort of playing up all of Lisa's um, very progressive attitudes here. I mean, that she didn't come out and say. Uh, no, but I mean, you kind of get, yeah, Lisa's probably a bit of an atheist and then they've got all the vegetarian stuff with as well. I did like the little side eye that, um, that she gave him. And, but all his lines about, yeah, like the one I said about, um, um, yeah, correct me if I'm incorrect or I have the power. That's, um, <laughs> I have which, the power. <laughs> which sounded very, um, yes, uh, Masters of the Universe sounded very grayscale, but. Yeah, I think I think my his performance was probably my favorite part of it. I I love that. I did love the testify song, but I also loved Homer drawing Mo in a in a dress. Hello, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I did like his follow up picture as well, which is um, what was it? Superman versus Godzilla, and not to scale. Yeah, Lisa sort of Lisa criticizing. It. It's not to scale. <laughs> I do like that. You know, for all his kind of. Willful ignorance at times. Homer gets very, you know, very offended or kind of snippy. You know, if you call him out on stuff, he's like, well, duh. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be. New names for this week. All right, so new name segment plus the rest of this episode is brought to you by our $20 patrons Mr. Jordan, Mulwin, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Melion, and our new $20 patron, Will Manthorpe. So much. Uh, thank you so much for your support, guys. It is much appreciated. Also, shout outs to our new patrons, Robert Kalajarakos and Martin Wright. Oh, absolute heroes. Yes, absolute heroes. We don't throw that word around very often, do we, Mr. <laughs> Davis, though? But... We, 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 we don't throw that word around very often, except when we throw it around every week. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the new name leaderboard before you get into your favourites for this week. Um, in mm-hmm. third position, Christopher Darby on five. In second position, Jimmy Farouja on seven. And Ty on first position is Andrew Parker and Garode Harahill on 10 points apiece. Yeah. All right. Um, look, some honourable mentions before we get to the 3-2-1. Uh, the uh, and a lot, of, look, a lot of good titles this episode, a lot of good alternates. Uh, shout out to Pat Wright for uh, Faith Fraud. And the uh, what is it? The float over the fibula. <laughs> so you know, it's it's got pretty much everything in the episode, and uh, and a lot of alliteration. So yes, nice work from uh, from Pat there. Um, I also like Alistair Danik's heel with the devil, um, which you know mm. it's um, it's a it's a little um, you know, you have to think about that one a little bit. But no, I, I quite liked it. Uh, but let's get to the three, two, one. Uh, okay, and shout out to our, everyone else who, um, who you know, suggested a new title. Uh, even if they, you don't get an honourable mention out loud, you're getting an honourable mention in my head. So, um, but one point goes to the uh, the man with the name that I love to say, Mark Boston Burgess. Ooh. Um, with a little shout out to a previous uh, Simpsons, uh, well. 
yeah, Simpsons classic, maybe a bit of a meme. Uh, his his uh, alternate title was "Can I Borrow a Healing?" Oh, that's actually great. I like it. That is good from Mark Boston Burgess. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a previous uh, title, but it's the song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, two points. Got a Chris Darby. Chris Ooh, Darby. He's worth the second position and tied with Jimmy Ferruja. Indeed, for Bart's testification and Homer's matriculation. Jeez, that's that's a tongue twister, but I like it. It is good. It is good. But look, we almost had to rebuild the um, the little dais, you know, with the uh, the gold, silver, bronze thing here. You know, the ones they have at the Olympics where you stand up and you get your medal. We almost had to build a new one and build up the top spot because, look, our man Gear Gilroyd Hill Has he done he, it? He just... He was he was mining some absolute gold this time around. I mean, um, look, an honourable mention to his um, alternate title, "The Art of the Heel," which I thought was pretty good. But in lieu of an actual, in lieu of a title, now he's sort of playing a bit fast and loose here. But it's so good that I think you know we'll pay it. Uh, he has provided us with a limerick. Now allow me to read this out to you. There once was a man with a bucket, with his head and some glue. In it he suck it. In he stuck it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, from this his son Bart found God's healing and art, but when it came to that leg, God said, fuck it. <laughs> could never be used as a title, but I, I'll pay it. <laughs> you could not use it as a title, unfortunately, but it's, it's like one of those things at the end of, you know, like the Big Bang Theory or Chuck Lorre sitcoms, how he's got those big, um, his sort of vanity thing at the end of his productions is something that he's always written. Have you ever seen yeah, those? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's, it's so, like so, so you're giving Gear three points for that? I'm giving Gear three points for that. Oh, man, it's going to create some controversy because it wasn't a name. Woo, I can't wait for the hate mail for you. Oh, <laughs> well, look, in this situation, I'll take it. And look, if you're hating on that, you know, reconsider your hating. You know, reconsider your priorities in life because, you know, you've got to admit that was pretty good. <laughs> All right, so the, the current leaderboard now stands with uh, Gear in first position on 13 points. Uh, second position outright now is Andrew Parker on 10 and now third position is tied uh, Jimmy Ferruja and Christopher Darby works his way up into third position so mm. would, you, would you say he's top gear? Minus three points the guy <laughs> Okay <laughs> Thank you so much for contributing guys to this week's our New Day segment uh, If you want to be a patron and get on board with the Four Finger Discount Facebook group. It's going to be a $2 plus patron at patreon.com slash discount, where you also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts. Now it's time for some trivia. Next question. You there, eating the paste. You kick off this week, Mr. Davis. I will indeed. Uh, when Homer returns to Springfield U, hangs out mm-hmm. in his old dorm room, yep. um, he, he's uh, reunited with his nerdy trio of pals, Um they have a bit of a code for when they've got, uh, you know, company in the room. So what do you hang on the door if you've got a picture of a girl there? Is it a shower cap? It's a ski hat. Ski hat. Damn it. I knew yeah. it was some sort of headwear. <laughs> you were very close. <laughs> I was nowhere near, but it was headwear. That's, that's, that's something. Uh, my first question is, what did the plaque at the university say at the entrance? Oh, Oh, I'm completely blanking on this one. You're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to tell me. I'm sorry. I I, I can't even guess. I'm that. Uh, I'm that uh, drawn. I'm drawing that bigger blank. It's uh, if you can read this, you're accepted. <laughs> not very high standards, Springfield U. Definitely not. Uh, speaking of Springfield U, uh, when they're going around uh, soliciting funds, uh, the uh, the the dean has two offsiders who are you know getting the cash. What are their names? Professor Who and Chancellor what? Oh, man. Um, Knuckles and Rocco? That is correct. It's Professor Rocco and Chancellor Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> Good names. <laughs> um, the, the three nerds, what were they working on? They said two different things they were working on. One was Top Secret. Yes, Top Secret. <coughs> cyborg! Yes, so, yes. One one was walking on a cyborg, and one was walking on um, a program that would allowed you to download porn a million times faster, and <laughs> that that has thankfully come true since the two thousand. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I won't say I was downloading hardcore porn back in two thousand, but um, look, I think you know, it's that thing. 
as soon as you create a new device of communication or transmission or whatever, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get porn on it. And, <laughs> and, you know, I think the word got out pretty much immediately, you know, once the internet happens, like, hey, you know, I've got the... I've got that picture of that uh, that actress you like from that movie. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll check that out. And, you know, it's sort of like dit, 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 loading very, very, very slowly. So, yeah. Two minutes for a JPEG. Pretty much, yeah. Look, a JPEG of Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's what you're after. <laughs> Not that Jennifer Love Hewitt ever appeared naked in anything. And believe me, I've looked. Sorry, <laughs> folks, but, you know. <laughs> What's your next question? Oh, is it my turn? Is it my turn or yours? I just asked the porn question, so... Oh, you did indeed, and then I started talking about porn. Sorry, <laughs> folks. Uh, what is the um, the K line that Krusty says once he's been healed? King Kong cold cocked Kato Kalen? That is absolutely correct. Awesome. It, yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's actual... Um, Look, I don't know if there are straight and fast rules when it comes to comedy, but that yeah, you, you talk to any sort of professional comedians and they will say that there are certain yeah tricks or rules that do apply. One of them is the rule of threes, that anything is sort of, you know, funny when you say so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. That's apparently like a funny thing. And, okay. and K is, is apparently legitimately like one of the funniest things to say. K? So or that's one- not just a joke the Simpsons made up, it's a legitimate thing. No, no. I mean, I, I don't have an actual source for that, but it is something I have read in the past when I've been uh, when I've read stuff about comedians. That um, okay. I, I, I do recall that. It's like, yeah, there are certain letters or certain sounds that are funnier, and K ones have a bit more. Yeah, they help in your comic delivery. So I think you may have mentioned that in the Seinfeld podcast with Kramer. I I could have. Oh God, I'm already re- recycling material. Find a new co-host, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, my my next question is: What did Luchenko get a degree in? Oh, the most useless um, skill of all: communications. I learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when Milhouse fears he is near death, where does he want to be buried? That is Makeout Creek. <sighs> That's true. That's where he wants to go after. Um, after getting uh, up close and personal with Sherry and Terry. Well, not really up close and personal, but you know what I mean. And my <laughs> final question is, what was the final score of the football game? Oh, expect me to pay attention to that when there's so much other stuff happening. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, my attention was elsewhere. I'm sorry, so you're going to have to say. I think it you've was- won this round definitively, by the way. It was 20 to 21. Oh, okay. Then. And my final, my final question is, did you watch this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I can bluff my way through fairly convincingly. No, I, I did watch it. <laughs> but uh, that is trivia for this week. All right, guys, stick around because after the break, we're going to do our review of Faith Off. Huzzah! The original air date of Faith Off, as Mr. Davis mentioned earlier, was January 16th in the year 2000. Chalkboard gag, I will stop phoning it in, which I thought, I know, I sort is of jab a- at the critics, you know? Yeah, I mean, because was there a bit of feedback at that stage that... Um, 100%. Hey guys. I think it's from like, apparently it's from like season eight onwards, the critics were starting to go, yeah, the show's lost its lost its uh, flavor. Okay. You know? mm. um, and, and, and we've spoken to, to Bill and Joshua running the show um, during... They were the, the showrunners in seven and eight. And they were saying by that point, Fox didn't even care. They could just do what they want. I mean, in the earlier years, everything was getting censored and they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that because, right. you know, everyone was watching All Eyes Were on The Simpsons. By, by like season eight... Fox, just whatever, you know, just just do your show, send it into us, and we'll put it on, you know. Okay, because it was what? Because it was sort of a, a bit of a cornerstone of the of the Fox schedule, and they're like, no, nah, oh, well. because I just don't think it was. Not oh. everyone was talking about the Simpsons anymore. You know, it was oh, okay. it was at its absolute hottest. I think between say, se- I mean, Bart Mania was season two to four. Um, yes. I, think the, I think the show was at its absolute peak. For me, anyway, was when it was like season five, six. I just remember everyone talking about The Simpsons. When Mr. Who Shot Mr. Burns, that was the end of season six, start of season seven. Right. Um, but from that point onwards, so like season eight to nine, but season nine was when people really started jumping off the ship. And by like here, season 11, it was like, you didn't just have the hardcores left, but you know, you had to be, you didn't casually watch The Simpsons. You were either watching it or you weren't, you know? Okay, yeah. Mm, that but, makes um, sense. Yeah, but I, I must say though, this episode... 
it's a vast improvement from the one from last week. I'd say so, yeah. I mean, look, there's... Um it, I use the term joke density on occasion. This, yeah, this keeps them coming, and there's, you know, there's stuff that's very obvious, and you know, that just, you know, sort of knockdown fall over humor that makes you laugh. But there's also a few just sort of bit of sly wordplay, some interesting references in there. There's a lot of good stuff in, uh, in Faith Off. Yeah, uh, and the catch gag is that there's a, the catch is the chair of a psychiatrist's office. Homer walks in and said he's going crazy. Pretty sure that's Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Was it really okay? I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I just basically, I say skip intro, and then I just get the, uh, I get the end of the catch gag. Um, <laughs> so the episode kicks off with Homer reading through the mail. I always enjoy this. It's a simple, easy joke, but it, there's always something funny coming at the end of him reading through the mail. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a good way of just setting up the story too. You know, oh, we got a letter for the uni homecoming. It's, it's just, it's just bang straight away. We know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But that sort of it, that also has that whole rule of threes thing because I think he goes, Bill. Bill, ooh, lib or whatever it is, and yeah, you're right. Oh, that's yeah. a bill. Yeah. Yep. And they establish the um the rivalry between Springfield U and A and M, who he hates so much. <laughs> I love the so much. I mean, I always like when Homer gets a bit sort of gets so angry that that tremble gets into his voice. Ooh. And he gets um, the I hand was, going. I also like that he um kind of mistakenly remembered himself or recast himself as the hero of this um this very successful 1970s movie called Love Story. That's the um, <laughs> where he's talking about. Oh, I fell in love with Ellie McGraw, and then she died. Because <laughs> um, I mean that's that's the plot of love story. There's two good young, two good-looking young people who meet at college, fall in love. She dies. That's where the line. I don't know if it's a famous line anymore, but love means never having to say you're sorry. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. No. Oh, it was a very well. That's where when when you were in love in the seventies and eighties, you may you, you may have said that to your partner, and it's from Love Story. Okay. Anyway. Then. Oh God! So many old references. I re- I really should start investing in onions and put them on my belt. No, it, it's um, it's good because we, we learn a thing or two. It's good. <laughs> Homer and Marge arrive at the dorm. Um, the nerds arrive as well. Is it just me? Or was Marge looking kind of hot? Marge dolled up. <laughs> Marge, Marge, she's she's a very attractive woman. Homer is Marge definitely scrubs up all right. Yeah, he is indeed. As Nicola would always put it. Whenever, whenever we see someone on TV who's batting above average, Nicola always says, "Must have a big dick." That's just her, that's what she always says. Oh, <laughs> so very judging from, astute, Ni- judging from Nicola's uh, perspective, Homer, big dick. Homer is swinging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also liked his um, "Let's matriculate." Yes, yep, yep, yep. Um, I also did. It's been a while since we've had like the you know when he's like oh, a million times. It's been a, a long time since we've had one of those moments. The mm. so I appreciate that as well. By the way, so I, I know these are just little bits and pieces, but um, I I do like that Marge calls it a porno. <laughs> Does anyone need that much porno? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, makes I, it makes it sound filthier, don't you reckon? It does. I mean, it used to be called porno all the time. It was like, oh, I'm watching a porno or something like. That. But yeah, now we've seemed to have lopped the see, O off it. It's because. Back in the day, I guess if you were going to watch porn, you had to go out of your way to go rent a movie or something. Like it was a, it was you you watched that one video. Now there's just so much porn. Like porn's just porn now. But back in the day, yes. it was like it was renting a movie. It was like it was a porno. Oh yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> it just it was it felt odd to hear it. Did you ever? I know this is way off topic, but um, when you had a porn at your house, yes, did you always try and hide it? Was it something you were embarrassed of? Oh yeah, I mean you you sort of kept it under. Lock and key. <laughs> well, not lock and key, but yeah, I mean, you, you didn't have like, you know, your selection of, um, of VHS tapes out and like, oh, by the way, here's my, you know, here's my European section. No, and I mean, they were either under the bed or, you know, on the top shelf somewhere, usually in a paper bag or whatever. Yeah, I mean. I just remember because my mate's dad, Daniel Jones, he's one of my, be- he's one of my best mates when I was growing up. His dad, Rod, had like... N- <laughs> <laughs> his dad had like I'm talking at least two three hundred issues of like picture magazine or people whatever oh. it is like the, the porn magazine and he would just keep it in a giant stack in the lounge room like just 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 there next to his chair didn't give a shit how did how did, how did Mrs Rod feel about this I she didn't seem to care like, I I will never forget that like it was just next to in between like the couch and the computer desk there was this giant stack of porn magazines in the lounge room well. Yeah. 
Picture and People magazine was look, it, it had its share of um, yeah, undressed people in it, uh, but it was also a bit. It was yeah, a bit like a lads mag, a bit like FHM. But what was you know, that one mag- that got Zoo? Zoo was the one that got cancelled, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Well, they all yeah, they all ended up uh, getting cancelled in the end. But uh, yeah, I think I think Zoo was probably the the raunchier version. But yeah, there was Picture and People. I mean, um, I I forget I forgot which one had this headline, and forgive me, a little bit of adult content ahead, but this is the best headline I ever, ever read in decades of working in the media. And it was on the, it was on the cover. Brace yourself. Fuck hungry fatso in bisexual fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that, is, that is poetry, is, is that right there? <laughs> oh, if you read that, how could you not pick that book up? How you yeah? How you're not going to pick that up? You need to know the rest of the story. Anyway, we've we've digressed. Uh, enough about porn. We'll talk about more porn next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So because of me, all the dorms now have security phones. <sighs> and now let's give a warm alumni welcome. Uh, you know, clapping to Springfield use All American Place Kicker Anton Lubchenko. In home country. Growing up in filth, Lobchenko dreams to play USA football. On my father's deathbed, he made me promise. <clears throat> Long story short, to Springfield, you! Yes, thank you, Anton. Now, folks, a uh, seven and five football season doesn't come cheap, and this is a fundraiser. <laughs> Seal the exits. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, hurry. All right, now, let's empty our pockets. Make me. Professor Rocco, Chancellor Knuckles. Get every dime. The Wiffle Snuffs need new cummerbunds. We look like slobs. Homer is not impressed with this at all. So um, he and the nerds you know, reminisce of the good old days when they would play tricks on the Dean, so they decide they're going to pull a trick on the Dean. Problem is that the Dean here is not the Dean from the episode Homer Goes to College. Even no, though no. they make it out like it is, because they call him Dean Peterson, and the security guy's like, "Hey, is that the guy that ran over the dean five years ago?" But yet, this dean is an old guy with glasses. Yeah, and and the dean from Homer Goes to College was a was a young dude who like didn't he play bass with the Doobie Brothers or something? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's calling Bobby. You know, that's right. Yeah. Plus, I just wanted to point out quickly: Homer is surprisingly loaded. He's surprisingly flush with cash. When they sort of pick him up and turn him upside down, there's notes and coins and all manner of stuff coming out of his pockets. It's like, wow, Homer's you know carrying a bit of carrying a bit of folding. Good on him. He's man. packing in more ways than one. <laughs> He's got a lot in his pants, that man. Uh, so they're at the dean's house, and they, as I said, the security guards notice, but don't seem to care. I, I, that was a good gag. Hey, is that that guy? Yeah, it is. Hmm. Huh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get the sorority. I've already pulled the trick on Homer. So he now that's, has a bucket that, with the glue on his head. That's a fraternity, my friend. A sorority oh, sorry, sorry. is, a, is, oh, God, is a house yes. of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, the, I, um, I've forgotten the name of the uh, I forgot the name of the frat, by the way. KTT. Well, I don't know. It was um oh shit. I did have it written down. Uh, oh, Kappa Gamma? Kappa Gamma Tau? Yeah, something along those. Yeah. Yeah. Kappa Tau Tau or something. We don't really have fraternities and all that in Australia, do we? I don't think we do. No, I mean there are. I think there are sort of groups that you can maybe join at uni, but uh, no, in terms of frats or anything like that, no. Which may be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, um, I know you hear you hear horror stories about frats. Oh yes, just trying to get into the frat houses. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bart's trying to get the bucket off of Homer's head, over Homer's head, but it's just uh, not working. Even despite the fact that Marge has used bacon fat, the only problem is that Homer kept trying to eat it. This was another one of my favourite moments. <laughs> Could you use a non-delicious fat? Oh, there's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to the hospital and Hibbert basically given the prognosis of, you know, this guy's now more glue than man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did get a good chuckle out of Hibbert's chuckle at the freaks. <laughs> I did as well, but I'll tell you what I chuckled at most, and that, this is one of those surprise chuckles that I mentioned earlier. Um, swordfish guy just giving a very friendly wave. Yeah, he's just happy he's, to be there. <laughs> he's impaled on a swordfish, uh, and he's like, "Hey!" <laughs> and it was just so sort of jolly. I was, I was, yeah, I got a real good, I got a real good chuckle out of that. Uh, those guys cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> Bart is then drilling eye holes for Homer, and you knew where this was going. He's going to drill too far. 
Homer is mm-hmm. trying to drive, but he can't. Um, and he crashes into the ditch near Brother Faith's tent. And this is where we get the performance. And I think we just have to play it because it's just words can absolutely do justice how great Cheetle is. Brother Faith's revival? For the healing love of Brother Faith! Woo! Good boy! Feel it in my belly now, Springfield. Mm. Can you feel the power? Yes! Do you want to be saved? Yes! Now correct me if I'm incorrect, but was I told that it's untrue that people in Springfield have no faith? Was I not misinformed? Well, I don't know. I just... The answer I'm looking for is yes. Yes! Now let's hear it for the Holy Spirit. No need to fear it. Just revere it. He works in heaven. That's the 24-7. That's right. Check the Bible. Yeah, John 2, 11. Jump back. Feel it, feel it. Woo. Wow. He dances better than Jesus himself. So Bart is absolutely wowed by the fact that he's combining religion with something that's actually entertaining. Yeah. Were you, were you surprised that Brother Faith's uh, Salvation Show got an all-style Springfield lineup? I mean, it seemed like there were a lot of, you know, Springfield, uh, you know, familiar faces there. Did he have famous people from Springfield performing with him or were you just talking from the crowd? Oh, just from the crowd. It just looked like, wow, this is not a sort of a, a series, a, a collection of animated extras. They've actually, well, I mean, the Wiggums were there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like, Oh, yeah, we <laughs> there are the faces we know and love. Yeah, as we said, though, yeah, Cheetah was just so great. He starts healing everyone. What ails you, my son? I done sprained my elbow bone, so it goes in the opposite direction. <sighs> the power of faith compels you. Heal! Take Satan! Praise the Lord. It was a miracle, and it was gross. Cool. What affliction beplagues you, my friend? Oh, I just gotta work with my mommies again. Come again. He paralyzed his vocal cords, cramming too many K-sounds into a punchline. Oh, mercy. Well, I'm not sure there's anything I can do for... Feel the power! Yeah. Ah, release this clown! Have you gone completely for cockta? Hey, I got my comedy case back. King Kong, Cold Cock, Kato Kalen. Hey, you Gentiles are all right. Wow, is there anything he can't do? Cure me! Cure me! Brother, I sense you are feeling trapped and desperate. Yeah, and I got a bucket on my head. Oh, oh, my, Satan really jammed that thing on good. I'm gonna need a holy helper, someone who believes. No. Okay, moving on. I need someone with the power. This golden-haired little boy. Son, lay hands upon your father's burdensome bucket. Now proclaim, I have the power. I have the power. Oh, say it like you mean it, boy. I have the power. I have the power. <gasps> I see the light that burns. Hallelujah. Behold, this child has the power. Uh, miracle boy, I believe I had hair. Oh, here they are. <laughs> But yeah, so basically, he's everyone now thinks that you know Bart has the power. But you were right what you said earlier, the delivery of the power. <laughs> I think I've used that quote a lot. I have the power. I like that little chat after the whole um, after the whole service as well. well that's what I was going to say. We come back from commercial, and yeah, he approaches him post show, and yeah, this is this is where he says, Ooh, "Damn, that's a good angle." But it's not God's angle. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole, yeah, you can have a life of sin followed by the Presto Changeo uh, deathbed reden- repentance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Presto Changeo, I think, is one of my favourite uh, terms. I mean, I've, it's been dropped on The Simpsons a bit, I think, but uh, it's just, a, yeah, it's a, a phrase that I like. Presto Changeo. <laughs> Presto Changeo. So it's obvious here that Brother Faith was a bit of a, a, bit of a rascal when he was younger as well. Um, Indeed. But he convinces Bart to, you know, to help people because then it means he covered in the case of sudden death. Then I said, I have the power, and the bucket came off. Cool. Can you heal me? I can't breathe good, and it makes me sleepy. I'll give it a whirl, Ralphie boy. Devil, be gone. Ow. My milk money. And my milk. Ew. Ew. You did it, Bart. He really does have the power. Go forth and spread the word. Spread it. Bart, I hope you don't believe your own hype. Number of miracles performed by Bart, two. 
Number performed by Lisa, zero. How can you believe all this mumbo-jumbo? The bucket came off Dad's head because the bright lights heated it, causing the metal to expand. Heat makes metal expand. Now who's talking mumbo-jumbo? Homer is then thinking of... Oh, this was great as well. So Homer's thinking of float ideas. Well, he's trying to. I'm trying to think of an idea. Do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's got, yeah, the, the, the picture of Mo and the, the Superman Godzilla. So that's pl- that's all sort of um, setting up that story as well. Back at church, uh, Bart interrupts the Reverend. Yep, a little little Matt Groening shout out as the uh, the establishing yes. shot of the church because the uh, the topic today of today's sermon is life in hell. Church can be fun, as Bart tries to explain. You know, a real preacher knows how to bring the Bible alive with uh, with music and dancing, and he wins over the townspeople. So now he is the Reverend of the town, basically. <laughs> I love that even the Flanders has laughed at Bart yeah. saying. Church could be fun. I mean, you, you think uh, if if anyone would sort of go, oh, I mean, it would be them, but they're like, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, that was a nice little touch. They take the, the pest control uh, tent off of Milhouse's house, and that's what he's going to use for his for his church. Homer is then making his float. This is great. So he stole the, Flanders from, uh, stole the flowers from Flanders' house. Did you have to salt the earth as well so nothing would grow yeah. back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we get Bart's revival meeting and man what a song even just from the start Satan eat my shorts like what an entrance it's, it's, it was he's a real showman <laughs> it's, um, did you watch uh, on I think it was on Foxtel here uh, a show called The Righteous Gemstones I did not know but I know the one you talked talking it, about yeah yeah with Danny McBride and John Goodman and it's John about Goodman, this family yeah, yeah. of family of megachurch preachers it's yeah, fantastic. It was one of my favourite shows of last year, and it sort of uh, it explores similar territory to this. So, um, I don't know. Oh, I think JB finished their two for one sale yesterday, but actually, no, it wasn't on Blu-ray. It was just on DVD, so it didn't apply anyway. Nice work, JB. Um, but if you want to, yeah, next time actually, you yeah, maybe can, pick. Can, 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 can I just interrupt? Right, DVDs is yeah. the one thing that you can't get rid of anymore. How can they not be part of the sale? <laughs> you would think so. It would make sense. But uh, hmm. anyway, but anyway, continue. Yeah, so, so the show's good. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. And this sort of, um, yeah, that just brought it back to my, brought it back to my mind for a moment because uh, I really enjoyed watching that, and this sort of reminded me of it. So yeah, there we go. So Milhouse now thinks that he can see. He thinks he's being cured, but unfortunately, he goes out on the road, stands there, and gets hit by a car, and Bart feels responsible. I always feel more sad for Milhouse when he doesn't have his glasses on. <laughs> it makes him seem more innocent, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just those little, uh, those beady little eyes. Yeah. He's got, the, he's got the tiniest eyes. It's really bizarre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Milhouse is now in hospital, and Bart, you know, he's apologizing. He thinks, you know, this never would have happened if it wasn't for me. Well, it, it, that's true. You know, Milhouse would have been hit by a car if he didn't pretend like he could heal people. But this is the thing. Does Bart actually believe he can heal people, though? Like, is it supposed to be that Bart is fooling everyone, or does Bart just genuinely think that he can heal people? No, I think I think Bart realizes he's onto a bit of a winner, uh, and yeah. Are you sure? Well, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's actually it's a very good point because I mean, look, maybe he starts to think it after the whole. Um, That's what I think. I think the Millhouse scenario makes him realize. Well, wait a minute, maybe I haven't fixed him yeah. at all. After yeah. the after the after the Ralph Wiggum thing with the milk money and the milk. You might think, maybe. Milhouse getting the fork stuck in his cast reminded me of the story you told last week of the guy, your mate, opening up his cast, get the, <laughs> the smell out. <laughs> oh, the stinker. Um, Bart tries to heal Milhouse and he thinks he's killed him. <laughs> but the, the best part was the last line of this. Can you tell my mum I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would really appreciate this next scene of Brockman doing the news report with the word fever. I loved it. I loved it. And just the cutaway to her. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Uncle, uh, Uncle Ken. I lost my Thoris. <laughs> I don't know who did the voice for that. I don't know if it was just one of the... Uh, oh, clearly one of the regulars. It's a Woody Allen impersonation. It is, yeah. But it's just, I lost my Thoris. I lost my Thoris. <laughs> <laughs> and just this, this, you know, dumbass nephew who can't get any job anywhere else had to be sort of roped in. Yeah, what Kent is just so, is so frustrated. He ends up screwing up the copy. Like, what, what, is it? what is it? It's like additional capacity fever. They've got or additional capacity fever. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, Homer, Lenny, and Carl are arguing over their their um, uni teams. 
I thought the pause after Lenny was a little bit too long. Like it wasn't yeah. that funny of a joke. You know what I mean? I don't think it it doesn't work in in animation. I mean that's a that's a traditional kind of David Letterman gag or something when you know you've told a joke that's a bit of a it's a bit of a dud, and you're just kind of like, I'm going to hold this and just see if you people you know who's going to blink first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in, and it works it works with the Tonight Show, but it doesn't really work in yeah in this kind of context. So we're at the game now. Homer is cooking up in the aisle. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you just bring barbecue to the footy? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, no, I think it's a recipe for disaster, Zed. I think that's your worst <laughs> idea you've ever had. Um, uh, the, Lisa can't eat it, but, you know, the veal might have died in loneliness. loneliness. And then we, that, yeah, that, that was a line that I got a good laugh out of. And then we get Lubchenko. Um, basically, what I took from this game is that Lubchenko is playing well and Homer is getting drunk very fast. He is. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just know what everyone no, but- should do, don't you, Marge? <laughs> <laughs> also, like the uh, the commentator just... I was about know, to say the exact same thing. The commentating was fantastic in this. Just in, yeah, a bit of Howard Cosell style, just embellishing every bit of a commentary with, you know, sort of anecdotes or a bit of wordplay or whatever. And just, yeah, you're, you're putting a bit too much hot sauce on that, uh, Mr. Commentator. But, uh, yeah, that happens. It was good fun. The uh, the halftime parade is about to commence, and Homer realizes he's forgotten his float, so he jumps off to uh, well, he doesn't jump, he, he crowd surfs down to go grab it, and uh, uh, Homer's giggle <laughs> gets me every time. <laughs> That's lovely, isn't it? Just, stop that. You're the miracle boy with the healing hands, Ranger. Nah, I don't do that anymore. So I guess I'll have to see someone else about my crippling depression. Arr, arr. Wow, and I thought he had it all. How bad did you feel for the sea captain here? I know, yeah. I mean, I think back in the day, you could sort of make jokes about, you know, oh, I'm feeling depressed. Um, you can't anymore. You watch it now and go, oh, oh my. Oh, oh, that poor dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope he finds <laughs> the help he needs. Yes, indeed. I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny how much, you know, well, of course, things are going to change over the course of two decades. But uh, yeah, it's funny how. Yeah, some topics become not off limits, but uh, you know you got to handle them with a little more delicacy these days. Even even something that's kind of throwaway like this. Don't joke about depression. Don't joke about our sexual preference. <laughs> yes, don't don't say that's you know <laughs> what what was the thing in the, uh, the was it the previous episode? I want a non-gay explanation. Uh, was was the last one been the one before last week? We had that we can watch a couple of gay guys get married in Hawaii. I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's there's been a bit of that in in this season so far. Yeah, in the, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and we get the, I love it when like they they did a great job here. So the halftime of my life, just taking a, a song and just ruining it for the purpose. Oh, of Oh yeah, like, the halftime. That, that, that was my really life. clever. <laughs> and I owe it all to a to a and you. That's that's pretty neat. I mean, I don't think they could spit a whole song out of it. You know, Gearoid Harrahill style, but. Um, <laughs> Just that little uh, that little bit of uh, of lyric uh, wordplay, yeah, nice, nice work. Homer arrives with his float, and it is somewhat controversial. <laughs> <laughs> he has to explain pra- a lot of it. <laughs> Did he? What was he say in praise of hazing? I I don't know, but basically, it's but just it- yeah, a guy getting spanked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Then he runs over Barishnikov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barishnikov. <laughs> But because he's run over the star player, the team is basically stuffed now. It's like, you know, basically if you went out and ran over Michael Jordan when the Bulls were playing well. Now, does this hurt? God! Just a simple yes or no. Oh, I only wanted to show my school spirit. I wagered a large sum on the performance of that Scala athlete. <laughs> no, wait. I got a kid who's a miracle worker. He'll heal him up real good. Well, he'd better, or else. Or else what? Oh, right, the ice pick. Bart, I need a miracle. Sorry, Dad, I can't just magically cure a broken leg. (laughs) (gasps) Please, Bart, you gotta use your powers. I'm begging you. Son, I'm afraid that leg is... Hanging by a thread. Lubchenko must return to game. <laughs> oh, your playing days are over, my friend. But you can always fall back on your degree in communications. Oh, dear Lord. I know. It's funny, Major. <laughs> Lubchenko learned nothing. 
Nothing. <laughs> right, do your thing. Okay, God. If you did give me a power, let it work now. Not just for me, but for my dad. Heal. 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 Is communication that bad of a major? I th- I think it's uh <laughs> Look, I know I don't I don't want to insult anyone who studied communications out there. Did you do communications? Oh, um I uh, I studied journalism, which I guess is communications. That's communications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the main reason I don't want to diss it. It's, it's my line of work. <laughs> but for his dad, just tries to heal him anyway, even though he knows it's probably not going to work. He just gives it a crack. They return to the ground. This here, right? Two, there's two ways of looking at it. Obviously, it's a... Um, a joke at Marge's expense because Marge is dumb. Oh, you know, the, the blatantly obvious, oh, that'll win the game. But also, mm. not only do they sneak in a joke there, but it's also a way of informing the audience because I guarantee you that most people outside of the States, particularly in the year 2000, when NFL wasn't huge globally, probably didn't know oh, how yeah. much a field goal was worth. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they throw in Lisa sort of rolling her eyes in, in Yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the joke that she should have already known. But, but by doing so... Yeah. They were able to inform non-football following fan, uh, viewers that, you know, because if they even just went back out in the field and he was going for a field goal, you would have to just assume, well, I guess this is going to win the game. But no, they needed to yeah. dumb it down for you, I guess, you know? Yeah. But they always, you know, there's always a character like that, though, in, in well, in a lot of movies. I mean, remember in the, you know, in Casino Royale, the James Bond movie, how, you know, there's that that spy, you know, when they're playing, they're playing Texas Hold'em or whatever. Mm. And... um the old spy is sort of saying to you know to Bond to uh, to Eva Green to Bond's girlfriend's like, oh, this hand will win the entire pot or something along those lines. Like, well, yeah, actually, I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's probably mansplaining, but at the same time, like, I don't know shit about poker. This is this is this is actually quite helpful. Thank yes. you, old spy. <laughs> it's like a tutorial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Austin Powers took the piss out of that when they actually named a character Basil Exposition because he's just there to sort of explain things to people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Homer is looking around. He's, I love it when he, he sees Fat Tony eating a hot dog. Fat Tony, he's like, oh, shit, he's looking at me. Gets the pick back out again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luchenko kicks the ball and you don't see that his legs actually come off. The thing, Everyone thinks the ball's not going to go through, but then the leg that has fallen off or snapped off um, kicks the ball through the goals. Everyone's happy. Fat Tony gets his money. Homer doesn't get stabbed with a nice pick. Everyone's, every, like I said, everyone's happy. Um, the drunk mm. fan <laughs> picks up the, the leg and plays like a guitar. That is such a sports fan. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, there's been um, sort of images going around the um, going around the internet today, in particular, because I think a lot of things opened up in the states over the weekend. Oh really? Uh, you okay. know, they they lifted a lot of sort of uh, coronavirus restrictions, and there was some like water park, and it was just jam packed with people. Really? And that that's there. Yeah, that's pretty much what this reminded me of. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so you. you, you I didn't see anyone actually kitchen. playing like a leg is a guitar, but it's like, you know, if someone's leg, you know, snapped off after they, you know, took a bum turn on the on the water slide, someone would probably <laughs> pick it up and start playing it like a guitar. That's <laughs> that's what it struck me as. Well, according to Dr. Hibbert, it's okay. They can, you know, drink out of it for the night, and as long as they return it in the morning, he'll be able to reattach it. <laughs> drink it out of a severed, severed uh, calf. God, it's so gross. Poor guy, he lost his leg. No, 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 the fans will whoop it up with that leg tonight. You know, drink beer out of it and so on, but uh, it'll turn up in the morning. I'll sew it back on. Will that really work? Well, I assume so. As long as I have Bart's healing powers. Why won't anybody listen to me? I don't have any special powers. I am not a healer. Fine. More money for me. So, it, like, this episode, it begins and ends with gags. I think, like, you were right when, when you said that it's very just gags throughout the entire thing. Had a solid story, a little bit wacky hmm. at the end there, but still, it was really fun. Oh, yeah. It, look, anytime I'll sort of, you know, laugh laugh out loud three or four times in an episode, and I know that sounds like, oh, that's not a whole lot, but I mean... It is. That's not... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good ratio. And I mean, look, and that's not discounting the odd smile or the odd... <laughs> As opposed to, <laughs> you know, but I had three, three or four has <laughs> in this episode. So yeah, that's how that, that's how we're going to judge episodes from now on. How many? Indeed, <laughs> out of five. Did I you hope you re- yeah, hope you recorded that. Use that as a rating system from now on. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? 
put your faith in the medical system as opposed to faith healers, perhaps. <laughs> that is definitely true. Um, what did you learn? I Oh, shit, what did I learn? I didn't write anything. Um, that vehicles apparently don't stop for blind children. <laughs> I mean, because Bill House, he was just standing in the middle of the road. There's no way that car yeah, driver didn't see that, him. That, <laughs> that truck had plenty of time to stop. Straight over him. <laughs> It's the Patreon mailbag time. Alrighty, it is time for the mailbag. Mr. Davis posted in the group this morning asking for some questions. All right, kicking off with Noah Daniel. What's the weirdest thing you've ever prayed for? That's a good question. Can can you think of any off the top of your head? I don't believe in like God and things like that. I mean, I don't care who does and who doesn't. But I remember being a kid, always praying for that particular Christmas present that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time... Um, what, did you ever get them? I was I was pretty lucky as a kid. I usually got okay. what I wanted. I, I, I ne- But see, I never... I sort of... Not that I did... Not that I set my expectations low, but I knew what my parents could afford and I, I expected a present in that area. I never expected... Like Lisa, Lisa wants a pony, which That's- is the, fa- the Simpson family can't afford. So I'm like... My parents can afford the the latest, you know, Street Shark toys. I might I might request that. <laughs> that is very sensible, very practical, Dan. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, look, I, I don't think I ever sort of prayed for anything specifically because, like you, I'm not really a believer in the man upstairs. I think my version of it may have been when I found myself in, like, a tough spot or something, you know, like, um, not that I was in serious trouble or whatever, but, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, Oh, if you get me out of this, I'll never drink again. Or <laughs> that—that's not exactly what happened. But I'm pretty sure I did one or two of those, probably in my late teens or early twenties. Just like you know, if if I make it out of this, or you know, if I don't screw up my whole life because of this, I swear I'll I'll change my ways and I'll straighten up and fly right. And I invariably did yeah. it. But um, <laughs> uh, but I remember sort of yeah trying to make those. Um, those deals, if not with God, then maybe with the universe. It's like, look, if the chips fall my I way... I don't like you, you don't like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's try to make it through it together. But it's yeah. like, if the chips fall my way this time, I will try and organise my life so you know I things won't be as bad next time. I remember... You know, I'm, we're, we're both Geelong fans, right? And the last yeah. several seasons, Geelong have been able to make it into the the second last game of the season, the preliminary final. They just can't quite get into the grand final. Mm. And for years and years and years, I was just disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. And I remember the last time I prayed for something was before the preliminary final last year. Geelong were playing the, um, you know, the, the team to beat Richmond. And it's before the game, it's about to start. I go, I look up, I close my eyes, I say, please, God, please just let us get into the grand final <laughs> this year. Please, I will believe, I will believe, just get us in there. Ooh. And no one had Geelong a chance at all. Halftime, Geelong's all over him. Geelong's, you know, everyone's like, oh shit, Geelong's going to cause the upset of the season. I'm sitting there thinking, well, uh, you've made a believer out of me, buddy. And then <laughs> five minutes into the third quarter, Geelong is losing. I look up and I go, I fucking knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and guys just looking down at you going, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, Pat Wright says, what's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Uh, well, I have an answer for this, unless, but unless you'd like to go first. No, you can go. Go for it. Okay. Uh, it was the 2007 AFL Grand Final. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the... I can't remember the last time the Cats had been in one before then. It hadn't been too long, but... Uh, uh, but, but being in it, they had the last time they were in it was 1995. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, they hadn't won one since 1963. That is correct. Uh, not to name drop too heavily, but uh, my dad was actually the coach of that team. Your, your dad is in the Geelong team of the century. Your dad's one of the biggest names in the history of the sport, man. That is correct. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, dad was the coach of the winning, uh, the last premiership winning team in 1963. And we'd made it into the, uh, into the grand final in, uh, in 2007. Look, I think the last time we were in was, yeah, as he said, was 95. And that was a bit of a, a bit of a debacle. Um, we didn't do too well, but uh, we were just often running from the, uh, from the very first siren and I think it was fairly. I think it was evident from the end of the first quarter that's like, oh yeah, we've got this. And as the as the game went, it's like, oh no, we've really got this. I mean, it was when, ab- when Geelong kicked the first goal after half time. You're like, right, that's it. Pop the champagne. We've got this. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, oh, there was just this increasing feeling of jubilation. Um, it was just. It was just like a 
I mean, I'm only a young fan, so I never, I never experienced the pain of the um of the losing grand finals. But it was just like a monkey off the back. It was just like, oh, we've seen one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we fucking and, won one. <laughs> yeah, and to be in Geelong that night, it was. It was ju- one of the best nights of my life. Oh, it was just incredible. It was, it, it, Geelong was literally party town that night. So yeah, I mean, and everyone, the, everyone, everyone was there to have a good time. No one was fighting. Everyone was yeah. happy. Yeah, that that was the other thing about it. that was the best thing about it. Yeah, there was no. I mean, look, there were a lot of people who were clearly pissed drunk, and but you know, everyone was a good drunk that night. No one, no one was surly. Everyone was happy. No. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's probably mine. Well, for for me, because I've only ever been to one grand final. Um, it was two thousand and nine grand final. It's the one where um, where Geelong beat St Kilda. Like within it was like a minute to go. It was very very close. Um, I think Geelong ended up winning by a couple of goals because. There was a goal kicked after the siren, but no one remembers that goal. It was pretty much, you know, Geelong won by a goal. Um, but I went to the 2008 losing grand final. So that broke my heart. So then to get to go to the one the following year and win it in such a close contest. And to, uh, look, I was there with Michael Darren, my Denise, and my nan, who, you know, I mentioned my nan at the start of this mm-hmm. podcast. She was there as well. So that game will always have that great memory of being there, you know, with my nan. And it was just such... It was such a relief because losing the year before and then finally getting that one back, and it was just such a great day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, look, there's a yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, fantastic memories of. Um, were of, were of, you there in 2011 when your dad handed the cup to Geelong? I was indeed. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, actually, yeah. no, it wasn't 2011 because Dad actually died uh, before the. Um, it was uh, which one did, was it? 2009 that he did it. Yeah. Oh, so it was, it was one that I was at. Okay, okay. Yeah, because um, I think they initially they wanted Dad to hand if if the Cats won in '95, he was going to hand over the cup, and that didn't happen. And then <laughs> uh, I think in 2007 they'd organised for someone else to do it, and then he, he did it in 2009. And yeah, uh, Dad was you know, fairly old at that stage, and um, he was near the end of his life, but. Uh, you could tell uh, that he was just so proud of he the was team. So happy, wasn't yeah, he? And so he was happy. Yeah, and so happy to sort of pass the mantle onto, uh, you know, onto the team. So uh, onto the onto this winning team. Oh. It was it was a really it was a really marvelous moment. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the photo now, and he's just holding the cup up. He's got the biggest smile on his face. Yeah, it was that was a, it was a it was a really lovely day. I mean, that was yeah the the winning one in 2007 was was marvelous i mean that whole atmosphere was great and dad was you know really happy that day as well but yeah seeing him hand over the cup on on um, in in yeah, 09 that was, awesome. was, was great we've got about five more minutes we'll ask a couple more Alrighty. Yeah. um oh timothy burleson says not episode specific but we want more guys treasure trove what have we got this week oh golly uh, i don't know <laughs> Are you interested in action figures from the notorious superhero flop Green Lantern? Because they couldn't. No, well, you, get... you mentioned it last week, and I don't think anybody is. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, not that one. Um, oh, actually, there is something I do have, and I look. I may well start an auction or something mm-hmm. rather than go to eBay or Gumtree or anything like that. If what there are it? any fans of the Mad Max movies out there, I do have. Again, we're talking DVDs. That antiquated. Uh, Entertainment delivery service, but it's a DVD of Mad Max Two, signed by its its uh, director George Miller. So, ooh, okay, let's, let's go Mad Max signed Miller in eBay and see what that goes for. Hmm. Okay, then let's have a quick look. All right, so if you've got uh, an eight by ten, that sells for about anywhere from the range of two hundred and ten to two hundred sixty five Australian dollars. Oh. Okay, well, this is someone's got here, someone's got here a signed script. It's selling for three twenty nine. So yeah, you're looking at at least one fifty to two hundred, I reckon, for what you got there. Nice. All right. Well, that's that's uh, another thing from Guy's Treasure Trove. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll come up with a better announcer voice for it next time. But uh, yeah, that's certainly something that's in there. And we just got a question here, more of a just an email that was sent in from our book Donovan. Don't forget, guys, mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. If you're not a patron, that is your way to contribute to the show, and we can ask your question out in the air. So she says, G'day, guys. She's been listening to the show since the start of Season 7, and she's now realized that she needed to write in and ask, can we please do her a favor and post a picture or selfie on Instagram of Mr. Guy Davis, as she doesn't have Facebook? She's, oh. She needs to see a picture of Guy so she can visualize who she's, who is talking now. Um, she says she knew what myself and Mitch look like thanks to the YouTube, and that's how she discovered this beautiful podcast as she describes it. But now she needs to know who this new pretty face is next to Mr. Dando. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> she says oh. you can really notice the, the the great chemistry that we both have, and thank you for making her eighty minutes of driving each day more enjoyable. She hopes to write in again soon with a Simpsons related question. That is Brooke from New South Wales. Oh, thank Brooke, you for sending the, that in, Brooke. Love Brooke, to hear from the, new listeners. The pleasure is ours. Thank you very much for that, Brooke. I mean, I, I am gonna I'm gonna disappoint you terribly when I put a picture of myself up on uh, well, on Instagram. Uh, do we have what's your we, Instagram handle? Because you said you posted that photo of yourself and Louise. What's your Instagram handle? I did the lovely Louise. Uh, it's I think it's I think it's Robert Guy Davis. Let's have a look. Instagram. I don't really I don't really use Insta that much. I'm I'm a Facebook guy. But it's just so she can see a photo of you slash Robert Guy Davis. Was it? I believe so. Robert Guy Davis. Let's have a look. Instagram.com slash Robert Guy Davis. And uh, there you are. I've picture got three cat picture of yourself and picture of Louise. I've got three pictures. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Looking very lovely. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So. So that's that's me. That's me, Brooke. At Robert Guy Davis, if you want to see a picture of the very handsome Mr. Guy Davis. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our review of Faith Off. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing a really funny episode. It's called The Mansion Family, which is where the Simpsons house sit for Mr. Burns. I thoroughly remember enjoying this episode, so I can't wait to review that one. But uh, don't forget, guys, please continue to rate and review us in the iTunes store. It just, you know, it's a great way for us to be able to reach more people if they're um, searching for some Simpsons podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out Talking Seinfeld, now available for free, just a few weeks behind the, um, the Patreon feed. You just go to talkingseinfeld.podbean.com or you can find it on Spotify or all the, uh, all the other podcast apps in the iTunes store as well. Anything else? Just Patreon. You guys know about the Patreon deal. You get plenty of exclusive podcasts. You get access to the Facebook group and the prize draw and everything else that goes with it. Patreon.com slash four figure discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? There are indeed. I have the power! Shh.